Thank you, ladies. Kind of a frontline ministry, isn't it? Really is. I used to serve on a board of a center up in Binghamton. Uh, I'll have to pray about that because I'm like, ah! But anyway. So I do commend it, a frontline ministry. It's not, um, it is definitely caring for people, which is what we ought to look like. And I'm going to get two of these. And um, come on, how many of you have jars at home full of, all right, so there we go. I'm going to take two. And uh, we did this up north. I was trying to tell them. But, of course, we had a lot more people. You're not going to believe this. When we brought all the bottles back, we turned in about $12,000 from change. Look through your couches. Look through, No, anyway. So, All right. So make sure you grab one or a couple. And let, I just would love to just take all of them out of here today. It would be great. And they said to make sure that uh, you bring them back, I'll nag you. I'll try to remind you. Yes, sir. Do you have a problem? Are you mad at me already? Okay. You know that these are baby bottles, right, Don? Not. Oh, okay. Just one. When are they due back? It is on a tag on your bottle. Thank you. It's right there. It's uh, December 9th. How easy can it get? Thank you. So now I got two. Is that that for me? Thank you so much. Uh, So, uh, Tim. Good report. I'm sorry I put you on the spot. Are you okay? I put you on the spot. Yeah, you did. But anyway, <laughs> I thought that's all good news. You know, I sound like a curmudgeon, but that's because I am. Anyway, we're going to look at the book, uh, book of Titus. Before we do, I want to thank these ladies for being here. Great job today. And um, I asked, last week I was sitting in chapel, and uh, our very own Ben Harvils. We found out this morning his name is actually Dutch and he doesn't say it right, but um, isn't that obnoxious to say that you don't tell your own name the right way, you know, but uh, no. Ben Horowitz was ministering to the kids, went very well, and he played a song, and when I heard it, I went, oh, I need that song to set up my sermon for Sunday. And you're all like, do we leave now or what? So... Is everything okay? Somebody left. Were they okay? Those people all right? I didn't know what was going on. I must said something wrong. Ben, if you would come minister this kind of fun song that has a good point about us needing to lean on the Word. Did you notice our worship this morning was about the Word of God and hearing from Him? Very, very important. Thank you, Ben. Controls in hand, flipping through the stations. I find this preacher man. Said he's on a mission and he needed my donation. Cash, check, or credit card, it makes no difference to him. Then he tells me God will bless me if I give him all that I can. And I will see that what I give him was back to me times ten. 
had to stop and wonder what does all of that mean I guess what he's telling me is guy's a great big cash machine <laughs> don't believe everything that you don't be fooled by what they're saying a little wisdom goes a long way along with a lot of prayer it's not too hard to know the truth or to make the right choice. To know is well, you gotta just be still and listen for his voice. The other day I'm driving in my car, I see this giant billboard sign. It says you want to know your future, just call our 900 line. Again, I started thinking, how could that all be true? There's no way that they can tell what God has for me or you. Then they're on the bottom, and these words, oh, so fine. For every minute you talk with them, it'll cost you three ninety-nine. <laughs> There's a catch I knew that this was just too good to be. Besides all God has for you, he gives absolutely free. So don't believe everything that you don't be fooled by what they're saying. A little is another long way. Along with a lot of prayer It's not too hard to know the truth Or to make the right choice To know his will You gotta just be still And listen for his voice Cause it won't come in thunder And it won't come in the fire God speaks to you in a still small voice so don't believe everything that you hear Don't be fooled by what they're saying A little wisdom goes a long way Along with a lot of prayer It's not too hard to know the truth Or to make the right choice To know his will You gotta just be still and listen for his Voice for his voice. Listen for his voice. For his voice. For his
help you, I will. <laughs> For 900 years, I have trained Jedi. No, I'm not that old. Thank you very much. And also, I will say, we will not do sequel number three and four and five and dumb quells. And all. No, no, no. The problem with sequels, they're never as good as the original, right? So I'm going to try to do okay. Let's put it that way. Thank you, Ryan, for indulging me for another week with that. Uh, I thought the song was great, and you'll see why in a few minutes. Thank you, Ben, for bringing that back. We're in the book of Titus. You've been sitting for quite a while, so I'm going to ask you, if you're in good shape and it's not too much trouble, to stand with me for the reading of the Word of God. Titus, in your Bible that's in the pew, if you want to use it in the chair... It's on page 1193, just in case you're not sure of your way around the scripture. I was actually going to start with uh, verse 10, but I want to look back at the gospel in the opening words just for a moment. Paul, a bondservant of God and of the apostle, an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the faith of those chosen of God and the knowledge of the truth, which is according to godliness, in the hope of eternal life. Isn't that a great line? The hope of eternal life. The hope, it doesn't mean I hope so. Hope means I have expectation. Like I have hope that I'm going to take a nap this afternoon. And my expectation is very strong on that one. That's the hope. I hope your expectation of eternal life is like that. Which God, who cannot lie, promised long ago. But at the proper time manifested even his word in the proclamation with which I entrusted, I was entrusted according to the commandment of God our Savior, to Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. As we just saw in the, with the wonderful spiritual Star Wars music in the background, for this reason I sent you to Crete. That you would set in order what remains and appoint elders, put things in order and appoint leaders, because without parents in the home, the home devolves into chaos. Elders in every city, as I directed you, namely, if any man is above reproach, the husband of one wife, having children who believe, not accused of dissipation or rebellion, for the overseer must be above reproach as God's steward. Not perfect, a good testimony. Not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not addicted to wine, not a fighter, that's pugnacious. Not fond of sordid gain, but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, just, devout, self-controlled. Holding on to the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching, so that he can be able to exhort in sound doctrine and refute, correct, straighten out those who contradict it. And here's our text. For there are many rebellious men, empty talkers, deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, who must be silenced because they are upsetting whole families, teaching things they should not teach for the sake of sordid gain. Sounds like a song I just heard. One of themselves, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy guttons. Gluttons, we'll have to unpack that one another time. The testimony is true. For this reason, reprove them severely so that they may be sound in the faith, not paying attention to Jewish myths and commandments of men who turn away from the truth. 
And by the way, in modern language, not paying attention to any myths, including those that Christians fall into. And commandments of men, which we have billions of. To the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but both their mind and their conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but by their deeds they deny him, being detestable, disobedient, worthless for any good deed. It's the word of God. And strong words. Help us, God, we pray, in the name of Jesus, to have ears to hear. One of the things we don't understand, unless we became parents somewhere along the line, is that there are times for firm discipline. There's times for firm and clear correction. There are times to be gentle and gracious and loving, compassionate, extending a lot of extra mercy to people who've got it all wrong, that we have to do that. We had a ministry representing that today, having to work with people whose whole grid of life has been turned upside down by our culture. And then there are times to say, enough. And that's kind of what our brother Paul was pushing toward. And we need the wisdom to know when and where and how, just like a parent needs to know when and how to deal with every child because everyone's wired differently and the issues are different. The mistake they make is not always rebellion. Sometimes it's just confusion. Other people, they're sticking their bottom lip out and they're not going to move. And they need a sharp rebuke. Help us, O oh God. We're your children. We mess it up all the time without your grace, as we heard earlier. Unless the Holy Spirit helps us, we're going to mess it up. So would you help us in the great name of Jesus? Help Harmony to move forward in kingdom purpose, not just our own energy and our own activities, but in kingdom purposes. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for indulging me. Book of Titus. So I wondered if our day would uh, be a little bit extended, so I'm going to cut my sermon in half. It's only going to be 45 minutes instead of an hour and a half this morning. We're in the book of uh, Titus, as we said. And there's the passage. And we will not continue with sequels, but we will finish the book. Doctrinal problems. Things coming across the path of the believers in this small church. And um, uh, the churches in Crete and the churches across what is now Turkey. That's where... Timothy was assigned in Ephesus, and there's a number of things that came up. We don't know exactly what the wrong thinking was, but here's some possibilities. Some were teaching that the resurrection had already happened. If the resurrection had already happened, well, it fooled me, and uh, fooled you too, probably. And if so, then we have to live by heavenly kingdom standards, which may be where some of the ideas that the practice of being uh, married might be abstained from. We mentioned that obliquely last week, right? But that may be where the crazy idea came from. And therefore, whole households and marriages and people in general would have been like, what are you talking about? It was problematic. Sometimes asceticism came. That's why you have these references about you can't eat this or you can't eat that or you can't drink that or you can't do this. And all of these rules that come from an extraneous source, something outside of the Bible, 
or something that is taken out of the Old Testament and made to apply to the Gentiles, which would not fit at all. And it might have been about food, or it may have been some kind of uh, perfectionism. A little later on, something would come along called uh, Gnosticism. You have to have secret knowledge. And uh, by the way, I almost stole the title for this sermon from a book called The Gnostic Empire Strikes Back. That was a book. And, uh, but this wouldn't be Gnosticism, so that wouldn't have been in order because it was before that. It didn't happen until into the second century. Now, some of the opposition that the church was up to uh, against was in the culture. You know that. People had to lay their lives down, for example, in their witness for Jesus Christ. There was opposition from outside. And where I wanted to get eventually was there's opposition that sneaks inside. And that's what Paul is rebuking here when he talks about those who are causing disruption because they're getting off track from the purity, the simplicity of the gospel. That through Jesus Christ, we have an advocate. We are accepted in the beloved. It doesn't matter how well you perform. If it's depending on how well I perform, I am in big trouble. How about you? How, how, you, you? You need to go put that on your prayer list for this week. All right. Right? We're never going to do well enough to earn the favor of God. And he's not asking us to. All that was necessary to be done by the human race, Jesus did on our behalf. It's our opportunity to receive that righteousness, have it imputed to us, and we become those who are in Christ. So there were problems. And one of the things that we noticed last week, we were talking about some of this um, mysticism or what have you. The importance of knowing the word of God, its authority in your life, its transforming power. And as the song we heard said, learning to hear his voice. Can I get, let you in on a little secret? The Holy Spirit will never lead you to contradict his clear word. Okay. People get off on that. They miss that. Something consistent with the word of God, I can be prompted. That doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit can't prompt you in a way that you go, what? I may tell you that story. In order to cut my sermon in half, I'm going to tell you a story that you're, you're going to probably say, this guy needs counseling. Because there are things that he might prompt me to do that might not make sense to me right now. But it's not inconsistent with clear teaching of the Scripture. So last week we were referencing um, some of the psychics. Remember I mentioned one guy became convinced that he was a psychic, he was going to make it big, and he did. And the person that convinced him had told him all kinds of information that he thought nobody could possibly know that. So are we wowed by that? We shouldn't be. That's my point. We shouldn't be. And I referenced this text last week, so let me repeat it. This is a parallel book. Timothy, right? Timothy and Titus are the two uh, special agents, you know, <laughs> sent into the churches to protect them from getting derailed. The Spirit explicitly says that in latter times, later times, latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to what? Deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. By means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron, men who forbid marriage, there it is again, advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared, shared in by those who believe and know the truth. 
those who believe and know the freedom that we have in Christ will not be derailed by those teachers. But where did it come from? The reference says, deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Now, there are plenty of dumb ideas in the world. Don't need any demons to help us out with that. Okay? So don't misunderstand that we're looking to uh, blame everything that happens that's wrong or every lie on Satan and there's, ooh, you know, kind of get weird. You know what I mean? Randy, I really sense your aura today is like really negative. <laughs> I, I can just feel it. You know, we're, we're not talking about getting goofy. Okay? But the scripture reveals that that unseen world is a reality and that it does come to bear on our world, especially when it comes to disrupting the church. Somebody mentioned last week the screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis, right? Take time to read it because it's brilliant. It's explaining how the enemy will use carefully thought through tactics to get you to think wrong about God, about you, who you are. And, uh, in fact, the Puritans were very wise about this. There's a three-volume set by William Gurnall called The Christian in Complete Armor. Has anybody ever heard of that? Three volumes. Just read the first one if you're interested. Because one of the things he exhorts all Christians is if you do not start thinking in terms of the fact that you're the enemy to this guy. In other words, let me say it another way. He doesn't like you. Are you a Christian? Are you, okay, all six of you. So, are you born again? Is the, is the life of Christ in you? If the life of Christ is in you, Satan hates you. Do you get it? Because he hates Jesus. If he hates Jesus, he hates the image of Jesus imprinted in any human being. So he's going to go after you. And uh, Gurnall basically says, you're robbing yourself from kingdom blessing and peace and joy if you're not aware of that, that you have to go into the ring against him yourself. Can't have your pastor pray you through it, or your grandmother, or whoever's the prayer warrior. They can pray for you, and that's a good thing, but you're going to have to go up against them yourself. That's what he says, and he's right. Been up against them. Have you? You know what I'm talking about. You guys have been up against them, for sure. So here's all I wanted to say. My point last week, I felt, once again, my preaching is highly inadequate. So I know I forgot to mention this. If they are real, those angelic beings, that's what demons are, fallen angels. According to what Jesus said, hell is prepared for the devil and his angels. Man was not supposed to go there. We chose it. The devil and his angels, those are the demons, the deceiving spirits. If they're real, they've been around way longer than any of your known relatives. And they know things that have happened. All you need is a couple of them attached to your family line to find out everything Aunt Tilly ever said in secret. You get what I'm saying? That's when it really works, when it works, when it does work, when a psychic or a medium apparently taps into some kind of reality, that's what's going on behind the scenes. Just so you're aware. Okay, don't be deceived. Christians fall into the mistake of sometimes, oh, maybe this fits in with Christianity. It doesn't. I'll unpack that with my sidebar a little bit later. We can get that one off the screen. So when it does work, they've been around for thousands of years. You know, here's the simple word. They know stuff. 
just like you know stuff. They know stuff, and thankfully, God knows more. So, this last week, uh, I got perfect timing, I felt. Somebody in the assembly, I'm not going to name any names. I know I always do, but I'm not going to. Wrote this. I love when I get questions, emails about reading, like you guys that are in the Daily Bible. If you're actually up to date, you've only got a few days left. It's really kind of cool, right? I'm on the home stretch. If you're not, remember, we're exhorting you. Pick it up and keep going. Please keep going, right? Keep reading. It's the word of God. His letter to us. In my Bible reading today, I read about Simon who practiced sorcery. He met Philip and became a believer, but he has a strange way of practicing his belief. I don't understand him, why he was mentioned. And I'm guessing, by the way, good guess. I highlighted this. I'm guessing he is a confused believer, maybe mixing up his prior beliefs with his new Christian beliefs. If that's it, that sounds all too true of today. Things are mixed up in Christian beliefs sometimes. Anybody agree? But it might help explain why so many Christians don't get along too well. Anybody ever notice that? Or am I the only one? So here's the story. If you haven't gotten up to the book of Acts yet, there was a certain man named Simon. By the way, Philip is preaching. Take that off for a second. They may read it. I don't want them to read it yet. Philip. Anybody remember who Philip was? Nandeska. What's that? Okay. Ooh, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke. No, honey. That's weird. That's dumb. Okay, that's, that's what I'm saying. Anybody remember who Philip was? Who was he? Right? Nope. Guy in the Bible. Okay, he's one of the deeks, right? Deeks, one of the deeks. He's one of the deacons. By the way, no pressure on our new deacons, Jim and Brian. No pressure. But he goes down to Samaria. He's preaching the gospel. People are getting saved and demons are going out of people and people are getting healed. So get on it already, would you? So here's a deacon. Yeah, I'm ready. Here's a deacon preaching the gospel, obviously. God's hand was on him, and he moved on and had to get other replacements to go wait on tables in the church in Jerusalem. He's out preaching the gospel, and amazing revival is happening. And in the midst of that revival, people are coming to Christ in droves, and that's where this story begins right here. There was a certain man named Simon who formerly was practicing magic. By the way, I think the only place in the New Testament that this Greek word magic it's related to magus or magus, like the magi who came to see Jesus, who are astrologers and scientists for that day. But this word is specifically talking about him being a magician in the city. He astonished people of Samaria, claiming to be someone great. And they all, from smallest to greatest, were giving attention to him, saying, this man is what is called the great power of God. And I think they even said it like that, God. In Aramaic, of course. And they were giving him attention because he had for a long time astonished them with his magic arts. Now, don't, don't go any further yet. So this guy is the BMOC. You get out. All right, good for you. The big man on campus. That's who he is. 
I mean, he is something in that town. He's got history. And by the way, remember the expression about sordid gain? Being a teacher, being a kahuna in Hawaii, uh, the witch doctor, or whatever the assignment is, that is a way to make a living, and many people were making a living at it. You know, you've all seen the little shops, you know, palmist, you know, come in here and pay money and find out your future. We just heard call the 800 number or whatever. Was it 900, 800? Same idea. So he is that kind of a person. But when he sees deliverances and healings and masses of people, the lights are coming on. By the way, one of my comments is... Jesus brought light. He he brought the light into this culture. This was the culture of the Roman Empire. Do you understand? This is becoming our culture more and more. Maybe it's time for another revival with Philip. I mean, he won't be back, but some new one. So he sees this gospel power. He is amazed he believes, the scripture is clear, he believes. He puts his trust in Christ, he accepts Christ, and he's moving around with Philip, watching all of this happen. And then the apostles come down. Now, we don't have time to unpack why there's these phases, but the apostles come down and the clear manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given to these new dis- disciples. They're laying hands on everybody, commending them to the grace of God and the power of the Spirit's just working. And Simon sees all of that, and he's like, what? And here's what happens. When Simon saw that the Spirit was bestowed through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, give this authority to me as well, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said, may your silver perish with you. Because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have no part or portion in this matter, for your heart is not right with God. And he actually goes further than that. He ends up saying, I see that you're in the bond of iniquity and the gall of bitterness. How would you like your pastor to come visit you and say that? You know? <laughs> I perceive that you're in the bond of iniquity and the gall of bitterness. Not that we talk like that anymore. Now, his reaction to it is, please pray that none of what you just said happens to me. In other words, I think as best as we know, he repented. He recognized that it was not an opportunity to remain the big man on campus. I can add to my profile here. You know what I mean? I can have more. I can have more business. This is a great thing. No, and thank God, Peter rooted out. Let me just make a statement. None of us come clean into the kingdom of heaven. None of us. You're bringing something with you, okay? And even if you were raised in the church, can I just be blunt? If you were raised in the church and you were... protected from and saved from a lot of this stuff that's clearly outside what the Bible teaches. We bring other things with us. Mistaken ideas of what pleases God and doesn't please God. How to honor him or not honor him. What devotions should look like. What family life should look like. We bring stuff that's brought... Anybody in the studies doing uh, emotionally healthy spirituality... 
you're good, they're, it's going to mess with you. I don't know what else to say. None of us comes into the kingdom clean. And Simon Magus didn't come into the kingdom clean. And thanks be to God, Peter was listening to the Spirit of God when he went right for the juggler. And we would think, that was awful. Boy, that was cold. Actually, it was a gift. It was a gift to Simon to root out what was wrong and corrupt. The first century church knew what they were up against. They were up against false gods, false religions, lots of mysticism, divination. Jesus' light poured into that, knocked out the superstition, that which was nonsense. You don't have to be afraid that the spirits need to be placated. You don't have to give offerings to the dead. You don't have to do any of that. That's all a lie. The God of heaven will send you rain for your crops. He will serve you. He will serve. He actually serves us, you know, when we serve him. And so that's the that's why the gospel took such root and transformed things. And we sometimes just kind of get it a little backwards. I don't have enough time to do sidebar one, the difference uh, religion versus occultism. But if you're not aware Deuteronomy chapter 13 and Deuteronomy chapter 18, both of those, if you were to read through, would give you an extensive list. And there are books on the subject, so the Christians are not foolish and ignorant, dabbling in things, thinking, oh, this is some kind, this crystal really helped me feel better this week. That there are things that we can know because God's word has revealed it, and so there are warnings in those texts. And if you've never seen way back, uh, Kurt Cook, a Lutheran clergyman, that was back way be- just a little before my generation, he did a little book called uh, The Devil's Alphabet, A to Z, all the different practices that people involve themselves in. And uh, Neil Anderson, Victory Over the Darkness and the Bondage Breaker, does an inventory about these things just so that you can know here's what God thinks about that. But I want to make it clear. He gives some clear instruction in the Old Testament, says one, there are three little tests. One test is, if a prophet says this is going to happen and it doesn't happen, don't lose any sleep over him because it's baloney. Now, the Old Testament didn't use the word baloney because they didn't know about that yet, but... But that's what it says. So there are people, ooh, you know, I, I'm, I'm putting energy on you, and it's like, okay, nothing happening. Don't worry about it. But if there is some kind of power, then he says, you need to understand, number one, it's not from me, and number two, it's actually not just not from me, it's actually getting help from the enemy. So occult-type activities can be divided into three groups, just as just a little sidebar uh, educational moment. Divination, magic, and witchcraft. Divination is looking for information. I didn't bring my astrology chart today. I'm looking for information. I'm looking for uh, wisdom, when to sell my stocks, when I should ask her to marry me, whatever it is. I'm looking for some kind of information. That's divination. Magic is I'm looking for power. I need a love potion. I, I don't mean I need a love potion. I'm just, I, I might need a lot of potions, but, not, you know, that's power. I want to have influence. I want an amulet. If I keep this on me, this little thing, this will keep me safe. My good luck charm. 
nonsense. The third thing is witchcraft or something along that line. Language of the Bible might be sorcery. What it's talking about there is it's not just looking for information. It's not just looking for power over something. It's looking for connection and fellowship. I actually engage in this unseen dark world. So people who are into religious activities that conjure up demons or the dead or whatever would be in that category. But all of those, the Bible makes clear, when he exhorts his people, the people of the nations that you're going into are saturated with this, but the Lord your God has not permitted you to do so. Because those who do this, they go to mediums, they go to spiritists, they call up the dead, they do these things, are an abomination to me. Why? Because you're not just turning away from God who wants to help you, you're turning to his enemy to get help. You're not just turning, ignoring God, you're actively pursuing his enemy who does in fact exist and put pressure on people and even tries to derail the church if at all possible. Sometimes it's just for the sake of business. So, What happens is inside the church sometimes is certain things become rules or laws that uh, should not be. I was thinking about the song that uh, my brother sang earlier and uh, uh, sending in your money. I hope you're not taken by that kind of stuff that you're going to get blessed if you just give me a seed blessing of this much cash and uh, it's all going to come back down on you and what have you. Maybe... More often than not, not. And I remember, um, you know, getting that stuff in the mail. Little prayer cloths and things like this. So here's the story I was going to tell you. I'll just tell you this for entertainment. I'm taking a risk here. I really am taking a risk. You people shouldn't have come here today. You really should not have come here today. Does the Holy Spirit talk to us? Is he real? Yeah, he is. And he will always lead you in consistency with the Scripture. So, there was, a, there was an, one of those... Anybody else feel like this? Why don't we ever see any of that? Some have. I've had the privilege of seeing some of it. Okay. God's Word says preach the Word in season and out of season. The reason I'm such a fanatic about this is because I've seen... God's finger do things like that. So there was an account uh, years ago up north, and we even recorded this story on video so that the person who is now with the Lord was able to speak to the people of God and say, believe God, trust him, do the right thing. Brother had come into the kingdom from drug use and abuse, and his body was hurting because of it, as you know. And so at one point in this family's life, I got the call that he was on the way out. He was in the hospital. His, his internal organs were shutting down. They were calling the family. I felt prompted. I called my friend Gary, who spoke here. Gary, who spoke on uh, same-sex attraction, all that, how to get victory. I, he was on my staff. I said, would you go with me? I need to drive up to... Uh, an hour up to uh, Syracuse where he was in the hospital. He said, sure, I'll go with you. We went up, went into the room, prayed. Can never know totally what God's going to do. Ever pray like, I don't know how this is going to turn out. 
Then there are times God gives you the word of faith, let's say, and you know something's going to go a certain way, and other times, nothing. This was one I prayed for this guy, and we sensed the Spirit's authority. I asked him because he had two young sons, Lord, give this man at least four more years with his family. Felt quickened. Had to go. Got the call. Everything's turned around. He's on the way up. I'm like, wow. Me being full of faith, you know. Wow. <laughs> Come back. Next day, there's a wedding. One of my staff's doing the wedding. I'm just attending. My plate is full. We get the call. He's going down again, and this time he's going down faster. We thought for sure he's dead. I'm like, see what I mean? What? I thought, now by the way, we can get it wrong. No big end of the world thing. We get it wrong sometimes, but I thought I heard it right. So I leave the wedding. I get in my car. I'm driving home. I've got this thought in my head, and I'm thinking, no, no, no. My staff, co-staff person who just did the wedding was going to go up to pray for them again. I couldn't make it. I had this sense come into my head from the story in the book of Acts. You may remember. Do you remember when Paul was passing through this great revival and they were touching him and taking handkerchiefs from him and touching this and they'd get healed? That story's in my head and I'm going, no, no, no. No, 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 no. I drove halfway home, stopped on the side of the road and said, you are nagging me here. If, If this is you, you better make it clear now because I feel like I'm going to look like an insane person. Well, guess what? I took the risk. I looked like an insane person. And some of you are saying, yes, and you still do. I turn the car around, drive in just as my staff partner, Howard, is coming out of the church. Now, you need to know, Howard comes out of a high-level IBM business background. He's not wired like I am. He's not gifted like I am. He's matter-of-fact. I pull up. The window goes down. I say, Howard, you're going to see Ken, right? Yes. I need you to trust me on this. You're going to think, please don't think I'm, well, you can think whatever you want. I need you to trust me on this. I want you to take this handkerchief and I want you to touch Ken on the forehead and pray for him today. That's all I'm asking. He said, I'll do it, boss, because that was the way Howard was. Yes, sir. Took it, went up. Ken's wife testified to me later, we heard Howard pray more authoritatively than we ever heard in our life. As he laid that on his forehead, God gave six or seven years to that man for the sake of his family. That has nothing to do with me. It was all God. I'm just glad I listened and didn't worry too much whether I looked like an idiot, because frankly I did. But it didn't matter. But there's more to that story, friends, because immediately I knew I should have reproduced those handkerchiefs, (laughs) cut them up. I will send you one of these magical, powerful, blessing handkerchiefs 
if you will just send seed money to me. But that is not the way we honor God. Amen. Let's stand together and be dismissed. King Jesus, your ways are past finding out. I remember that with tears, God. Because you delivered my brother and gave his family seven more years or six more years. And they recorded it and testified on video of the power of the living God and why people needed to trust Jesus, the only one who raises the dead. But Lord, we want to walk in the integrity of the word of God today. And I'm praying that even this kind of odd story would encourage my people to reach out not only to your word, but to your spirit, to be available to him, to minister in them and through them with power. And rather than making money today, we want to give money to honor you. We've done it earlier today. We want to do it for these fine saints who are serving on the front line of battle with, with women in crisis. And we want to do it in other ways as well, Lord. Our, our call to sacrifice is so small. Help us, we pray. Put your angels around my people, God. Protect them in this week. Bring us back to glorify you next week. In the name of Jesus, all through the week. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. And all of God's people said, amen, amen and amen. God bless you. Have an awesome day.